Hey guys, uh, chilling here outside, figured we'd shoot some announcements. Hey, coming up this Wednesday at uh, 5.30 is when we're opening the doors. We're doing our first ever family fun night. Uh, it, it's an event for families, you know, kids and grown-ups come in and uh, we'll have some of our bounce houses set up. We'll have the obstacle course set up. Uh, we're going to pull out our human foosball arena. That's a lot of fun. If you haven't played that yet, it's definitely worth a visit. So that's this Wednesday uh, at 530. Hey, guys, listen, uh, we'll need some help pulling that event off. So if you would be able to volunteer, head on over to our KVC app. Uh, scroll down, click the link that says Family Fun Night, and there's a little form that you can enter in uh, so we can have your info so you can volunteer that way and, you know, show up to the event. That would be great, too. Uh, also, the following Wednesday, February 23rd, we're doing another jam night. We'll, uh, we'll have our instruments. I'll have chord charts, and uh, we'll sing songs and play instruments, and that's a great time. So uh, if you play an instrument, bring it. I don't care what it is. You can bring whatever instrument you like. If you just like singing, that's a great opportunity to sing along with us as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very fun night. So I'd encourage you to join us. That's February 23rd at 6.30 p.m. here at the church in the auditorium. Keep downloading the app, guys. There's a lot of cool info on there. And uh, without further ado, let's get ready for church. All right, welcome those of you joining us online. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to jump in. Worship was great earlier, so now that you're here, it'll be even better. And then we're finishing up on Hebrews 10.22. We'll be in the back half of that. So uh, looking forward to talking about that. So grab your Bibles, get a nice hot coffee, and get ready to go because woo! <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, now we're all just giggling at the start of service now. Woo! It's better than everybody like straight face. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad yeah. that we can giggle here together. Yeah. <laughs> was that this morning when your dad was like, how'd you make the camera do that? But it was at the last service. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, a, it's a pro move. Oh, you're not going to show us? I, I just did. It did just... Yeah, show us how you made that cool swirly on the camera. <laughs> That's high tech right there. Yes. <laughs> very, very yes. advanced. There's my mom. Uh, we're super glad to see you guys this morning. We're looking forward to spending time with you all. Like, there's already a nice, fun atmosphere going on, so let's carry that over into worship and learning. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know we're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We had a lot of fun last service, and we are, um, we're bringing back that new song from last week so we can all continue learning it together. After worship, Pastor Regina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to Sunday school, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Encourager Part 7 today. Before we get into any of that... Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? And we thank you, Papa. We thank you that it's your desire to dwell with us. Not by any merit of our own, 
because you just want to be with your family. We thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives, God. And we invite your presence deeper. Help us to know you better so that we can show you to each person around us. We love you and we thank you, Papa God. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, whose blessed son came to earth that he might destroy the works of the evil one and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life. Grant that we who have this hope may purify ourselves as he is pure so that when he shall come again in power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom where he lives and reigns with you, Father, and with you, Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pastor Fran? The night is betrayed. took bread and he broke it. And this is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same matter to the cup. The last night of the Passover celebration, cups of place and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus did the third cup, which cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There were his friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, remembrance we call communion, the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, we get together and partake of this meal. I want you to remember me. So his friends gather this morning. We too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. We remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Remember how he died and rose again. Remember all in Thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table are the elements of communion. The bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. The table's open this morning to all who believe. It says, we worship you, feel that by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter into our time of worship now together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices and to participate as we elevate Jesus in our midst. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We love you, Lord. You're so good to us, God. Oh, uh-huh. 
same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are providing. Almighty 
thankful for this time of worship in your presence God you are so good to us Lord Lord as we're here in your presence I would ask that you'd be with us as we get ready to study your word Lord God would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words God to stir up our hearts towards you and the Holy Spirit I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children God anoint them give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come on up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. Wow. Cool. Good job. Yes. 
Good morning. Guys, so we are studying today's stories from the fourth book of the Bible. Do you remember what the fourth book of the Bible is? Four? Four numbers, right? Yeah, four numbers, right? You almost got it. Good. Oh, okay. I get it. I understand. Not a problem. All right, guys. So we learned last week that God's people could not go into the promised land because they did not trust God, right? They didn't trust him. They let fear take over. And so they, that's right, only two people, right? And then this, thank you. Yes, you're right. The ones that trusted the Lord. And so the people were wondering for a very long time. And finally, they camped at this, in this area where there was no water. So they went to Moses and Aaron very angrily. And they were like, why did you bring us here? Right? This is the wilderness. There's no fruit for us, no grains. There's no water. So, the, so Moses and Aaron went to speak to the Lord in the tabernacle. And the Lord told them, gather the people together right in front of this rock and speak to this rock and what is going to come out for the people and the animals. So Moses and Aaron gathered, gathered the people and in front of, they were in front of the rock. And then Moses did something that he wasn't supposed to do. He said, listen up. Do we have to provide water for, for you from this rock? And then he struck the rock two times and thank the Lord water did got gush out. It came out and the people were able to drink and the animals were able to drink water. But Moses had disobeyed the Lord. And the Lord said, said to Aaron and Moses, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Moses disobeyed God and could not go into the promised land. Guess what? When we disobey God, that is called sin. But God sent Jesus, right? Jesus always obeyed God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. wow. So good. Very good. And so... When we trust in Jesus, right, he will take us with him, and we can be part of God's kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to do the Bible verse. Are you guys ready to repeat after me? Ready? Okay, Numbers 20, 12. Numbers 20, 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me, Enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel. You will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Awesome job, guys. Thank you so much. You can do that side, okay? Thank you. Good job. I still want to jump into a message about that verse, but I can't. Hey, but you know what? Uh, Birthdays. I know that there's two birthdays. You guys want to help me sing happy birthday? 
Okay, it's Miss Cameron's I'm birthday. Lucky. And it was it's Miss Alicia's birthday, too. I don't know if she's already gone upstairs or not. But we want to sing them happy birthday, okay? So here we go. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Miss Cameron and Miss Alicia, happy Good job. Very good, guys. Okay, now we're going to get to pray, and then we get to go to our classroom. So are you guys ready? Okay, so let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Ready? Okay. Father, thank you so much, Lord God, for sending Jesus, Lord, to rescue us from our sins, Lord God. I pray that the little ones, Lord, would know that they have the spirit in them to help them to obey you, to help them to know which way they should go, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that they will love you and follow you all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Thank you future pastors and theologians. <laughs> Actually, some of them are already doing it pretty well. So, not just future. We're talking right now. Welcome to the Vineyard. So glad you're with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here as well. Down just, I don't know why I feel like I need to give you a weather update online, but it's rainy here. And uh, supposed to rain more, but, you know, it's still warm rain, so it's probably better than what you got. So, you know, rain. <laughs> but thanks for coming out in the rain. I know the tendency when it's like this is to just stay in, but you're here. Thank you for that. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code that just popped up on the screen is for you. If you pointed your smart device at it uh, with a camera on, it will have a link pop up. That's a link to our digital connect card, which would ask you for your name, your phone number, and your email address. And if you gave us that information, which would be great, but it will send you texts and emails over the next five or six weeks. So don't be surprised if you start getting some response. Um, but that's cool. And there's also a gift for first-time guests uh, back at guest services. So if you didn't get one on the way in, stop by there on your way out. They'd be happy to give you a gift. We're also... Praying for our neighbors. I've asked you to do this now for months uh, individually on your own as you're walking around, hanging out. Pray for your neighbors. Uh, and um, then we do it corporately when we gather. And so take a moment. Just sort of think about your neighbors. Maybe picture some of their faces. And let's go to Papa. Lord, we come to you and we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. And that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Two other things. One, so I'm only saying it again. It was on the announcements. This Wednesday, we're doing a first-time event for us, Family Fun Night. We plan on doing that once a quarter. And what we want to do is meet the community once again. A lot of new people have moved in over the last couple of years. And so we, and opportunities for us to meet. So on Wednesday from 5.30 to 7.30, we're going to take all the chairs out. We'll put up, we have a whole bunch of bounce houses that we have and games, really cool ones. We'll fill the place with those. And then we'll get the truck out there uh, and we'll give away ice cream and hot dogs and 
uh, potato chips on Wednesday from 5.30 to 7.30. So invite people to come. Hey, bring the kids. Have a good time. It's not a drop-off event. I do need to mention that. You are, you are staying with your children. You're not going, woo, two hours. In you go. Not happening. <laughs> this is a family fun night. And uh, we'll need help. Uh, we need help. Sort of during, you know, some people monitoring some of the bounce houses. You've got to make sure the kids don't get too... We don't want them to have too much fun. And, uh, all those, and just being sort of goodwill ambassadors. Meeting some people, saying hello, smiling, meeting one another. That'll be this Wednesday, the first of what we hope will be many uh, from 5.30 to 7.30. So if you can help, please do. One more offering. So once a year, we ask people to take a little bit of time, watch a video, and pray about some things that we would like to accomplish over the next year. And really, that's, that's the hard ask. Please go watch that video. It's four and a half minutes. Watch a video and pray. Do those two things and just follow the Lord after that, and that will be great. And I appreciate you doing that very much, and you guys are awesome. So there you go. I don't need to hang around that too long. We are talking about being encouragers, the ministry of encouragement. And so we said, you know, Holy Spirit is an encourager. Uh, it's really, he's called the paraclete, which means to come alongside and comfort. It's this whole idea of encouragement. And because we're filled with Holy Spirit, we're to embrace this ministry as well. The world needs us to be encouragers. The world is a very discouraged place. We have an enemy who, that's his deal, is to bring discouragement. But we're to come as people who are encouraged to encourage others. To encourage means to put courage into courage to obey and follow God is really what it's all about because that's where life is. We are hanging out in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 and just kind of slowly working through that passage. Because the other thing I'm hoping to do is we've been sort of along the side of this encouragement part is talking about meditating on the scripture, that this is divine literature and that um, the more that you hang out with it, the more is revealed about who God is and how to live. And it was designed that way. It's never been a one-and-done book. You're continually supposed to be hanging out in the Scripture. And so I'm just modeling it in these six verses, what it looks like, where it takes us, uh, how it deepens, how it connects. We've been looking at a lot of different passages in the book of Hebrews itself, but then how that connects into the Old Testament. We've gone and done lots of things, and we'll do some fun stuff today as we finish the back half of verse 22. Uh, and so that's where we're headed. Bad jokes. This one has a little Valentine's theme, the first one. Why should you... I'm supposed to give Pastor Billy credit. Okay, fine. Why should you never date a tennis player? Because love means nothing to them. My four-year-old grandchild has been learning Spanish all year and still can't say the word please, which I think is poor for four. All right, now this is my favorite. You may have to lean over and explain it to your neighbor. What's the leading cause of dry skin? Towels. It's way funnier than you're letting on. That means you didn't get it. Think about what a towel... I've had to explain it to people. What do towels do? It's not that funny. It's really hilarious. It is? Okay. I think it's classic. He is, he's generous with his jokes, and he shares them with Pastor Billy as well. Shared that one this week, and Angie was like, what? I don't get it. <laughs> Which is how some of you felt when he told you the joke. And those are his favorites. 
All right. Let's get spiritual and press into Papa. Shall we before we read the word? Daddy, you are so good to us. Thank you, Papa, for meeting us in worship. Father, for lifting us up, Father, and and making our burdens light. Lord, I pray today that anyone that's here or watching online would truly feel how good you are. Father, when we move out of a place that knows we're loved, the world world around us kind of disappears because we know your eyes are on us and that you love us individually just like we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, while I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. All right, so we'll get back into that passage in just a moment, parts of it, as we uh, tie into today. But we are, as I said, pressing into Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and my encouragement still is keep hanging in there. Just read them, think about them, memorize them, ask Holy Spirit to show you why and what and what's happening. Remember, the book of Hebrews is being written to persecuted Christians who are under it so bad that they're thinking about leaving this relationship with Jesus and going back to Judaism. And the writer of Hebrews is encouraging them that they've found the answer that they've always been looking for. Everything that the old was pointing to is found in Jesus, that there's there's no better way to go than to keep following Jesus. And even though it's difficult, press in. And as they're encouraged, they're to encourage one another. And so in these verses we've been looking at, it starts, therefore, and we've talked all about this. I'm not going to do it. Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. We're going to talk about that little part here in just a moment. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. That's next week. I know. I'm already ready. Excited. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we're just hanging out in those six verses. And, and asking God to, you know, to deepen it and show us what's going on and to get wisdom from all that's happening. 
And so last week we did the first part of verse 22, which is an invitation to draw near. I said, now, in context, hang on to it, that the verses 19, 20, and 21 were all about what Jesus has done for us. Two big senses in there. You know, since we have confidence, since we have a great priest, uh, and that our responses are now these five let us things. And, and so the, this first is responding to the invitation to worship. Let us draw near. Because that's what Jesus has invited us to. That's the, not only is it sort of the heart of the letter uh, to the Hebrews, but it's also the heart of the gospel, and we pointed that out. So we're to respond. We're to, we're to worship. We're to come into that presence of God in that heaven-earth overlap. And this is so critical for us to understand because it's in there that we're encouraged. And when we're encouraged, we will encourage others. The enemy doesn't want you there because he wants to keep you discouraged. Because when you're discouraged, you're not encouraging other folks. And he, that's part of his game, all right? So that's what we're moving towards. But there's four things, sort of four aspects about this drawing near, this, this first let us, that we're to understand as we approach. And it teaches us a lot. And so he starts by saying, with a sincere heart. We come with a sincere heart. This is something that, that God has done for us in Christ, is he's changed our hearts. Now, when you read about the heart in the Scripture, understand it's not talking about, because I always point up here, it's not talk, talking about this organ that's pumping blood inside you. It's, it's really sort of the center of who you are. That's what everybody in the Scripture was referring to when they talk about the heart. And, and so we're to come with a sincere heart, a changed heart. Something has happened. And the, the writer of Hebrews is referring to that passage in Jeremiah that I had Alice read. We know that because he's already quoted it in Hebrews 8.10 and in Hebrews 10.16. I mean quoted it. It's in there. And now he's saying, don't forget, and this is the whole thing. This is the covenant I'll make with the people of Israel after that time. We're talking about what Jesus was going to do. Messiah would come, live it out, make a way for us. I'll put my law in their minds and I'll write it on their hearts. I'll be their God. They will be my people. Very cool stuff. It's that God wants to dwell with us. Connection is happening. And he's, he's changing us. He's changing our hearts. Things are different. Why are they different? Because when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit comes and lives inside. It dwells inside. We're now the temple. I, I, I just... I, know, I don't think we take that in enough. I say that every time I say it. Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, inside me. We're, I'm, I'm a heaven and earth connection, right? It's such an amazing deal. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is in us now, and it changes things. And He's leading, and He's guiding, and He's teaching, and we're yielding to Him. And in the old way of doing things, there was a bunch of rules that you tried to follow that you could never live up to, but now everything is different. Our hearts are changed. See, he's doing something now from the inside out. And so Holy Spirit comes, and, and uh, he's, he's dwelling in us. And, and so our heart is changed because of what he's done, and that moves into our mind. Our minds are being transformed, which then moves into our actions. The, the way that we tend to do it, we try and rule sort of follow and performance, get our actions right, and that's, then we settle for that. And that's, sometimes you need to get some, you need to do some temporary action changing <laughs> until the insides catch up. But the best thing is when Holy Spirit comes and helps you to move past all that stuff, right? Because you're being changed from the inside. I think of it as a spiritual heart transplant. I like that idea. So that's significant. It's a big deal. And in Ezekiel 36... 
Uh, again, speaking of new covenant stuff, for us, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I like that. Anybody here ever been hard-hearted? And it takes... So we have this new heart which is soft and pliable and God can move in it, which is really cool. We still think some bad ways and that, that's a, it's a process, right? But you are now set up. I, I love... So some of my favorite people in the world are people who were sort of extremely grumpy until they met Jesus. And they're changing. And you know they're changing because on the inside they're like marshmallows. They may not have tossed the grumpy exterior yet, but it doesn't take long to get right past it, right? Because change is going on. And that's so significant to what's happening. So so we are to come with sincere hearts, changed hearts. We've been changed from the inside out. Holy Spirit is with us. And so that's one of the ways we're responding to this invitation to worship of what's going on is with a sincere heart. And the other big thing that happens... When Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, what He's doing is He's making you more fully human. You were created. We were created to be God's human family. All right? That's what He wants us to be. But the enemy got involved, and what the enemy does is lead us in different directions which make us less human. Or I like to think of it this way. I think because it bothers me more to hear it this way. Subhuman. That's the enemy's territory. That's what sin does. It makes you less than. Subhuman. And, and God wants you to be more fully human and Holy Spirit is working on us to be more fully human. That's what's going on here. So now we're, we're changed and we, we have this access restored. So we come in full assurance of faith. I love that statement of what's going on. This, we have this confidence, the Scriptures told us, this boldness to go into the throne, this assurance that we're allowed there. Not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus has done. And, and we need to make sure we're making that connection. Because faith isn't something you work up in your own sort of strength. It comes from focusing on the object of faith, which is Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 is going to point it out so that we get it. Verse 2, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and perfecter of faith. Don't you like to say he's actively doing that in us? He's developing us in, in our faith so we can go with full assurance of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, throughout this letter, we've talked often about Jesus being set down at the right hand of God. And then you'll remember we made the connection. It's very important. The Apostle Paul says that in Ephesians 1. Jesus is seated at the right hand in the heavens. And then almost can't wait to write it, Ephesians 2, so are you, because of the grace of God. You're seated there. So talking about this heaven and earth overlap. And it's really important that, see, we're being invited in. There's a way in, and we're being invited in so we can live and, and experience that connection. But there's something very important here. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And it's something you need to ponder. Because some people will read that and think, well, the joy set before him was that he got to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. And, and the reason that's not it is because before Jesus came, he already had that. He willingly left that. He already had that. They had that experience, right? The throne. What was missing in the throne room that needed to be there? You. You're the joy set before him. You're the reason he went to the cross, defeated death and sin and rose again. You're the reason he did it all. And you're his joy. And, and you, you honestly need to take some time and think of yourself that way. Because I don't think that we do that very often. 
I mean, when's the last time and you sat down and you went, Jesus, I'm your joy. <laughs> but you, you are. See, you're, you're, the reason he did all that was because he, he loves to hang out with us. The heart of God is to fellowship with us. We've tagged all the way back. And in the beginning, that was what he wanted to do, dwell with us. We've messed it up. He's constantly made a way for us. And we're his joy. Jesus came and, and lived everything out that we couldn't so that we could be in this connected place with him now and forever. You're his joy. And he would have done it just for you. Don't ever think, oh yeah, he did it corporately. He did it just for you. You are his joy. You're his joy. And, you know, on those times when we sort of struggle to pray or read the word or make that connection or, or you know, draw near, uh, I like to think, you know what, but when I do those things, it makes him happy because I'm his joy. And if I'm not there with him, a little less joy. If you're with him, he's still got some joy. But... Do you get it? And so that's how we're drawing near. That's why we we've been changed so that we can draw near because of what Him and we've got to focus on Jesus because we're His joy. We've had our hearts sprinkled clean. This is a big one. What's happening? And the, there's a lot of things happening in, in this last little part when He talks about our hearts being sprinkled clean by the blood of Jesus and our bodies, bodies washed with pure water. But here's a connection I want to make with our hearts sprinkled clean. So, and see, our hearts are sprinkled by the blood of Jesus to free us from a guilty conscience. Let me read this in Hebrews 9 to you, verse 12 and following. He did not enter, Jesus, by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. And he did for us. Remember, I I said this the other week, that because Jesus was sinless, uh, he didn't have to offer sacrifices for his own sin, but he could become the sacrifice for all sin. And he does it once and for all to make a way for all of us to have access. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so they're outwardly clean. So, you know, in the Old Testament, they, they, they sort of dealt with sin. The, the, all these actions temporarily kind of covered it because that was important. But Jesus is different because he actually takes care of it once and for all. He deals with sin. So you have a big difference between the two. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? So we come with, sprinkled by the blood of Jesus, our hearts freed from a guilty conscience because, see, if we're, if we're not going into the presence of God, we have a tendency to do those things that are not leading us towards life, but we want to serve Him, and we do that by connecting with Him. And so our hearts are sprinkled clean to free us from a guilty conscience. Alice and I were having a talk this week. I was talking to her about this message and things that I was praying through and thinking through. And, and as, as an aside... How, how fortunate and amazingly blessed is Alice that she gets to hear me talk about <laughs> all of my thoughts in the scripture. And then gets to come and listen three more times. <laughs> she doesn't come on Saturday night. So. If you wonder, I, I know, four. She's, uh, <laughs> she's got boundaries at least somewhere. And we only have one car. So there you go. Um, 
But I said to her, I was talking about this whole thing. And she said, you know, because we were talking about guilty consciences. And she said, I had this thought that a guilty conscience is the enemy's playground. I was like, ooh, that's deep stuff. So I had to share it. And I didn't take credit for it. (laughs) And it's so true, right? The enemy loves to get you there and just beat you to death with guilt and shame. And he's got lots of room to work with us. We're a mess. But, but it's not about that. See, it's, it's because of what Jesus has done that we come cleansed and, and in full assurance of faith. And we don't need to have a guilty conscience. And he's there because we're, we're, we're his joy. He's never, when you go to him, he's never going to point out all your mess. He doesn't need to, all right? He's going to say, I'm so glad you're here. Let's hang out. And in being encouraged, you will live differently as you press through your days. See, and that's all at the heart of God. We're washed with pure water. And again, I said there's a lot going on here we could talk about, but I'm fairly confident that what the writer of Hebrews was, because of the group that he's talking to, he's, he's taking them back because he's encouraging them to go into this holy place, right, with God. And so in the, in the tabernacle, outside of the most holy place, there were two things. There was this bronze altar and a bronze basin. All right, and the altar was where the, the high priest went to get blood, sprinkle blood, and the, the basin was where they washed their hands and feet. I want to give you quickly the references so you can go hang out with them this week. Exodus 30, 17. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a bronze basin with its bronze stand for washing and place it between the tent of the meeting and the altar and put water in it. And Aaron and his sons are to wash their hands and feet with water from it. Uh, whenever they enter the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water <laughs> so they will not die. Kind of like that. That's kind of the admonition that you follow, right? Also, when they approach the altar to minister by presenting a food offering to the Lord. So we have, this is the, the bronze sort of basin filled with water, and they would wash before they went in. And also there was this altar, uh, place the altar burn offering in front of the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and that's where they would go to get the blood and to sprinkle the blood before they went in to the holy place. And, and so there's this cool connection here with the washing of the water and, the, and what's going on there that actually Paul makes for us. And he does that as he's talking about... First he's talking about husbands and wives, and then he's talking about Jesus as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. And he says that he makes us holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the Word. Washing with water through the Word. Now, another funny thing about the Scripture is this part's Greek. And the, the Greek word for word here is rhema. All right, so, and, uh, which is one way that there's a word going on. So when you read the scripture, you kind of have to know what's happening. Because there's, here in Hebrews 4.12, which also applies to this whole thing of being washed with the word, is the word there for the word, and the Greek word there is logos, of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts of the attitude of the heart. Again, we're, we're being changed, and this, the logos is a big deal, and so is the rhema. And see, the whole amazing access that we have into this heaven and earth overlap uh, is, is best experienced and enjoyed when our actions are ultimate being led and guided by the Word. Now, this, that I'm holding, this Bible, this would be logos. 
the written word of God, alive, active, amazing, nothing quite like it, like it, meditating scripture, just continue. The deeper you dive into the scripture, the more it ties together. That's, that's the fascinating journey of the Bible, of what's going on. Um, and the rhema is his sort of instant speaking word, which he still does today. You, the, the Lord is still speaking and leading and guiding us. Holy Spirit's doing that, prompting us all the time. But here's how it works. The rhema, that, that, that personal instant sort of speaking that happens, will never, ever, ever contradict the logos. It will just emphasize it and illuminate it and bring it out. But the more that you're hanging out in the logos and meditating on it, the more rhema starts happening because it's ready. You're right there. And so God can sort of instantly speak things into you that, that you already have kind of in you. That's why it's so important to hang out in the book. That's why I'm constantly telling you, spend a little time in the book. Hang out with the logos. And, and what it does is it purifies us. See, over time we learn. This is how we learn. This is the wisdom for life here. God is so cool. And it's all pointing at that, pointing us to Jesus so that we can experience life. But you hang out in the Logos and the rhema will come, but it'll always, he will never tell you something that's not here. He won't. It's not God. That's how you know. All right? So we have those things working together. And so all these things are happening. So, you know, press in. Draw near to God. That's what his heart is for you. That's where he wants to be. You're his joy. Remember those things. Press in. Experience life there so that you're encouraged and you will encourage others. We'll pick it up in verse 23 next week. I'm already excited. Talking about the hope and the faithfulness of God. It's going to be so good. We're not going to do it today. Because <laughs> I would like to, but we're out of time. Alice, my love, why don't you come and uh, we'll press in for uh, see what the Lord's up to before we dismiss. Ministry team, those are here, you can head over the wall. People on their way over there are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything before you go, they'll make sure you get it. Just sometimes we need someone with skin on, I like to say, to pray for us. So they'll be over there, but let's pray. Papa, um, you are so amazing. And... Your love for us, your desire to dwell with us, it's, it's overwhelming. I, I think we struggle to take it in because we realize what a mess we are. And yet you, you pursue and you invite and you encourage and you love and you, you pour out your grace and your mercy. And, and my prayer would be for each one of us that, that we would be able to see ourselves as your joy. And that in that understanding, we would press into your presence to experience more of you. And God, I pray that you would encourage each one of us in new ways this week. Encourage us to be encouragers, God, to make a difference in the world around us, in a discouraged world. Let us be encouragers, God. So good. You showed me someone and you're struggling with a mistake and you keep saying, I want to fix this. How can I fix this? How can I fix this? And God said, you can't, but you can give it. So instead of fix it, give it to God. And in the giving, you will see his, 
his character. And God's, God's character is always faithful and always good and always drawing you into a deeper relationship with him. Amen. Good word. The journey starts with Jesus. He's invited us into his story. We respond by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that, do it now. Best decision you ever will ever make in your life. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That, that changes everything. It's the start of the most amazing journey. So, my encouragement, do that if you haven't today. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing. Bless you for all of that. We love to partner with you. It's getting ready to rain children, so let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. It's uh, rainy, so be safe out there. Hope your team wins. If you need prayer for anything, make sure you have somebody pray for you before you go. All right, be blessed, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for watching, everybody. Hope you have a great day. Hope your team wins and that you enjoy the rest of the day. You know what team I'm on? What team? Team Snacks. Team Snacks. <laughs> Alice said to me that uh, what's most important in the Super Bowl are the commercials and the food, and that she didn't care which team scored the most baskets. It's not true. He read that on the Internet. All right. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Towels.